0: Would you stand with me as we together say the Apostles' Creed, as Pastor Mark has been teaching on that over the last number of weeks. We just finished that uh, um, series, and we want to declare it today as a congregation, declaring what we do believe. Join with me as we say it together. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated on the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. Thank you. you. may be seated. If you missed that series that Pastor Mark has been preaching, either here at the Bayside Campus, at Point, or wherever, uh, make sure you get a copy of it. Uh, get the CD, listen to it online. A lot of opportunities as it helps to solidify what we believe and who we are as a church, a celebration church, and many churches, many born-again believers all over the place. Well, this morning... We are beginning a new series, a new series this morning, and it's a series that you can see behind me. It says, it's the 40-day spiritual journey to a more generous life. And hopefully every one of you, as you came in this morning, got one of these little booklets. If anybody didn't, uh, here at at the Bayside or down in the cafe or over in Stevens Point, if you didn't, if you just raise your hand, the ashes will quickly come and give you a copy of this booklet. We'd love everybody. Everyone that's attending Celebration Church, the C Celebration Church, and wherever campus you may be, uh, part of this, that you have one of these booklets as we launch this next series. It's going to be a 40-day uh, series in the next six weeks on Sunday mornings. We're going to be talking a little bit about this booklet. We're going to encourage you if you see in this booklet, it's, it's a 40-day starting tomorrow, Monday being the first day, and going full 40 days that will take us to the 31st of October. And I think everybody, all of us know what the 31st of October is, don't we? Halloween day. So anyway, we're going to have this series, and it's, it's a devotional. And what I want to encourage you with is to do this for me. Having a devotion on a daily basis is so important to each one of us. Hopefully you've been able to do that. Hopefully each one of you have already begun to find a time and a place to set aside each and every day to just spend a few moments with God. And having a a devotion to use is a great thing. We want to encourage you as part of Celebration Church at all the campuses, even those of you that are uh, watching and maybe listening to this uh, online, uh, we would invite you to even call the church and we'll send you a copy of the book. But we want to encourage everybody to join with us as we go through this day by day and we talk a little bit about this on Sundays, week by week as well. Make this your daily devotion. Now if you're doing something right now that's a devotion, a devotional book uh, and you're really into it and you feel, oh, Pastor Latham, I, I, I just can't give up this book, it's so awesome, that's okay. Do that devotion as well. And then find a place to plug this one in, all right? Uh, You know, find five minutes to get and read these scriptures. Uh, Meditate on them. Talk with somebody about them. My encouragement to all of us is that not only looking at this, but finding and saying, God, what are you saying to me? What is your word saying to me? What are you challenging me with today? What is it that you're saying about experiencing a generous life, a generous lifestyle, to be a generous giver in every area of my life? What do I need to do in my life in my family's life, in my children's lives, in the church that I'm a part of, in the kingdom of God, to be a generous person—a challenge that we have. You know, God's got a sense of humor, doesn't He? It's been amazing to me. Uh, I I uh, have so excited about the fact that that God is a has a God that has a big smile on His face, a big a big daddy. You know, I, I grew up in some of my background in the church was a church in, in a situation where You know, we kind of were made to feel that we had to be scared of God. And, uh, you know, sometimes you may have bumped up and met some Christians, born-again believers, and when you look at them, they look like they've been sucking on a lemon for about six weeks. You know, they've got this frown on their face, and everything seems to be so difficult. Every step they take is so hard. You know, boy, this this Christian life is a tough one. Man, I just can't wait to get to heaven, because one day when I get to heaven, I can finally smile, I can finally rejoice, I can finally run around... But boy, here on earth, this is tough. This is hard work. If you've been a part of Celebration Church and the DNA that we have at Celebration Church, I'm probably, I'm pretty sure that you're finding that's not what we encourage and believe here. If you're ever hearing Pastor Mark preach, it's hard to hear him speak without. A smile being brought on your face as a result, as he uses humor in different ways to impact you with God's word. God has a is a God that is filled with joy. He created joy. He created joy. He is the one that is full of joy. He celebrates life. It's a celebration of life day by day and moment by moment. And I'm saying all of that to say this. We begin and plan to start this uh, series of messages and this 40-day spiritual journey for us as a congregation uh, throughout the campuses months ago. And who would have thought it? Who would have thought that we would have experienced the very week before the start of the launch of this Sunday, a week like we just had in terms of the stock market and the economy and all that happened. All right. right. Anybody realize that this past Monday that there was going to have the stock market situation that took place? I'm sure none of us knew about that. And It was quite a surprise that, to me, there are many people around about us, many people in the world, many people you work with, that today are in a place of fear, in a place of worry, a place of being concerned, anxious. But church, let me say this to you. Celebration church, let me declare this to you. Stephen's Point, the cafe, let me say this to you this morning. With clear, clear conscience and clear, clear heart, God is still in control. Amen? We're launching this series on how to live a more generous life. And why is that important? Why is it such an important thing? Well, we've just experienced a little bit of the practicality of this past week. If you're putting all your confidence in your stocks and the stock market, there's a challenge for you. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning as we begin, as we launch this series. Why is it important? Why is it important that we are a people that are developing and being challenged and are grabbing hold of God's truth in terms of being a generous generous people and a generous life? And the reason is that Jesus taught us that where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Let's look at a verse of scripture. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21. It says this. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy. Anybody ever had anything that got kind of rusty and looked like it was about to fall apart? I know here in Wisconsin and uh, with all the salt I think they put on the roads, there seems to be a tendency for rust to kind of creep in in the vehicle. I know the other day I was driving down the road and this car pulled up next to me and I looked at the person in the car next to them and they had a big smile on their face and I kind of looked down at the car and I thought to myself, you don't know, but your car's about to fall apart. That engine may be running, but I don't think you're going to get it to block down the road. Sure enough, they took off and they were fine, but it was rusting. And if they were putting all their treasure into that vehicle, if their whole focus was on that vehicle, they were in trouble because moth, moth and rust will destroy And where thieves break in and steal. Anybody had anything stolen from them before? Yeah. Thieves break in and steal. you got some goods. Thieves can take it from you. But listen to verse 20. It says, But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Now listen to verse 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also jesus words, where your treasure is that 's where your heart's going to go, where you place your treasure, where you focus your treasure, where you focus your life, your heart is going to embrace that and take hold of that that is going to be who you are where your treasure is, whatever that treasure may be and if your treasure and your is, is, if, if you 're focusing on the, on treasure in your life that is here and easily can be rusted out, easily can be stolen from you, your heart's going to be a part of that as well. And so our challenge today is, is if our heart is going to be where we put our treasure, then it's critical for us to make sure our treasure is in the right place. Where's your treasure today? Where's your treasure? Is it at Bay Lake Bank? Is it in any other banking system? Is it in just the stock market? Where is your treasure? Where are you placing things that are valuable to you? Now, over the next seven days, as I said, we're going to be using this little booklet for the next 40 days. We're going to be talking about a number of things. And this morning, I want to highlight some of the things that are being spoken about in the first week. And you're going to be learning some of these as you follow along and do this devotional with us. And again, we encourage everybody to be a part of that uh, Moms, dads, teenagers, even as individuals as in a family, join with us as we look at this and take this forty day journey together. But first of all, we 're going to learn starting out this week that everything belongs to God. Everything belongs to God. Haggai chapter two verse eight it says this the silver is mine, God speaking, the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. Many other verses of Scripture, that's just one of them. Everything belongs to God. Nothing that you have today, nothing that you currently have today, whether it's your home, whether it's your car, whether it's your bank account, whether it's your clothes, whether everything you had today actually belongs to God. And you know what? Everything you're going to obtain tomorrow and everything you're going to obtain the rest of this week and everything you're going to obtain in, as, you, as you continue to work and things, be, you, and you continue to purchase things and have things, They belong to God, based upon God's word. Everything belongs to God, currently and forever. It's not mine. We often uh, use those words, you know, it's my money, my car, and I understand that, I do too. It's my house, but in reality, it's actually not. It belongs to God. It belongs to God. You know, I've always, uh, I have some wonderful grandchildren, some wonderful grandsons, And as young little two and three-year-olds, I always enjoy watching them play and how they play. All right, maybe your grandchildren play different to the way my grandchildren play, but my grandchildren play this way. That's mine. I want that. It's my turn. Every now and again, we can get them to the place that they'll be doing something, and the one will say, "By the way, the one little guy's named Dylan, and the other little guy's named Parker." And so every now and again, we'll get them to say, "Well, okay, it's Parker's turn," and he'll give up what he's playing with, and then it's Dylan's turn, and he'll give, and they'll share. But it doesn't take very long to suddenly, it's my turn, it's my turn, the selfish side of things, as two and three years old. But as they grow and as they mature, now when they're young men and they're 24 and 25, if they're still saying, this is mine, this is mine, and the whole selfishness is part of their life, they've got a problem. They haven't really understood that it doesn't belong to them anyway. Everything we have belongs to God. The next thing you will be learning this week is that God is the provider of Of every good thing in your life. God's providing it. God is the one that is providing it for you. Look at Proverbs chapter 8, 17 to 22 with me. It says, I love those who love me. And those who seek me, find me. With me are riches and honor, enduring wealth and prosperity. My fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness along the paths of justice. And then listen to verse 21 bestowing wealth on those who love me and making their treasuries full. Where is our wealth coming from? It's coming from God. God is the provider of all things. He is the provider. Now sometimes we feel that we're doing a good job, that it's all about us, that we can handle it, we're doing things, we're the people that's involved, we can take care of things. In fact, we think we're in control, that I'm the provider for my home. And and again, yes, there's a measure of truth to that. But we need to always remember that God is the provider. He is the creator. He is the provider of all good things for us. The other truth that we'll learn this week is you'll learn that God expects us to be good stewards. Good trustees. Good managers of all the blessings that He's given us. Expects us to take care of the things that He has has given to us. Be good stewards of the things that He has blessed us with. Look at Matthew 25 with me this morning as well. Starting at verse 14. It says again... It will be like a man going on a journey. And he called his servants together and he entrusted his property to them. He called them and he said, servants, I've got some property. I'm entrusting it to you. I'm giving it to you so that you'll be a trustee of this, that you'll be a manager of this, that you'll be a good steward of this. He said to one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to the other one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on a journey. No idea where he went, but he went on a journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work. How many of us know this morning that work is a good thing? Some people feel it's a four-letter word that's not very nice. Work is a good thing. Even from the very beginning in the Garden of Eden, when God God created the Garden, He said to Adam, Adam, go work the garden. It's a good thing. It's a good thing to work. You know, we don't wake up on on a Monday morning and think, oh, I've got to go to work today. Work is a good thing. So it says that he put the money that had been entrusted to him to work and gave, and gained five more talents. So also the one who had two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. How many of you know that digging that hole was as much work for him as it was for those guys that were putting the talent to work himself? Digging a hole can be a lot of work. It can be pretty difficult. Digging that hole, hiding that talent in there, trying to, f- and then just when the master came back, this, as we go on and read the story, the master came back and he came back to say, all right, I'm taking a count now. The man with five talents brought five more and gave it to the master. The, the, two, the guy with two talents brought two more, gave it back to the master. The guy with one talent brought his one talent and said, oh, I know you're a hard master. I know that. And I've only got the one to give you back. And what happened? The master took that talent away and gave it to the one that had 10 talents. We need to be good stewards of what God has given us. Good stewards of what God has entrusted to us. Good stewards of what God has gifted us with. Good stewards of the, of the finance of the blessing, the favor that God has bestowed upon you. Good stewards of that. What am, I, what am I being or what am I being a good steward of in my life? My challenge to us this morning. My challenge to those in Stevens Point. My challenge to those in the cafe. What are we being good stewards of? What has God entrusted to us, and how are we using what God has entrusted to us? Another thing we'll learn this week is we will discover that God actually watches you when you give. Interesting. Look at Matthew 12, verse 41 to 44. It says, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were being put and watched the crowd putting their money into it. Jesus actually watched people take an offering. Many rich people threw in large amounts. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. Boy, anybody ever thought, what, what, could, what could we buy with a fraction of a penny today? Very little, right? After this offering had been taken, it says that calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty, put in everything she had to live on. God watches what we give. He's concerned about where our treasure is. He's concerned about where our heart is being drawn to. What are we doing with our finances? What are we doing with our treasures? What are we doing with our blessings? What are we doing with our gifting? He's concerned about that and he watches it. He's not indifferent to it. He's not indifferent to the fact that uh, of what you're doing with the gifts and the the blessings and the treasure and and what he's provided in your life. He's concerned about it. Another truth that we'll learn as we follow along in these devotionals together as a congregation, as a church, that we will realize that you and I are being warned not to trust in your money. Don't become prideful. Don't trust in your bank account. If you were trusting In your stocks this past week, you may be sitting here this morning a little bit uncomfortable. If it all depended upon what happened. We can't trust in things we can't control. How many of you were able to control what took place this past week in the economy of the country? We can't control it. We can't control it. So we do not need to put our trust in money. Look at Luke 12 with me. This parable that was told by Jesus, starting at verse 16. He said, and he told him this parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, and listen how many times the word I gets used here, all right? He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store all my crops. And I'm such a good farmer, and I've done such a good job. That's just a bit of a paraphrase. It's not saying that there. I'm adding that, all right? Then he said in verse 18, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and I'm going to build bigger ones. And there I will store all of my grain and all of my goods and all of my cars and all of my donkeys and all of my cows and all of... Aye, aye. And then I'll say to myself, you've got plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. All about me. But what happens in verse 20? But God said to him, you fool. I don't know about you, but I've been called some names before. And my guess is probably I've been called a fool by people before. And what is the old saying that we learned to, well, I learned as a kid? I think it was learned here too. Sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never harm me. I don't know about you, but if God calls us, calls us a fool, then I, I think I'm going to listen. God says to him, you fool. This very, very night your life will be demanded of, from you. Then you will get what you prepared for yourself. We need to realize that we do not need to trust in our our finances. You know what the word trust means? To trust means to lean on, rely on, and put our confidence in. And if we're leaning on, relying on, and putting our confidence in our bank account, in our finances, in our possessions, in what we have here on earth, And not leaning on, relying on, and putting our confidence in God. We're on some shaky ground. On some shaky ground. Some of the things we're going to be learning. Do not trust in something you cannot control. Many of you this next couple of days and over these 40 days are going to be shocked to learn that as you follow these daily devotionals that you'll even see that God expects even poor people to give. Look at 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 10 through 15. It says this. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. This is Elijah, the prophet. He called her and he asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I can have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called. And he also said to her, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord our God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. Only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son. And then we're going to eat it. And then it's gone. It's over. We're going to die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said. But first make a small cake of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up. And the jug of oil will not run dry until the day of the Lord gives rain on that land. And she did, as Elijah said. Even this lady that was as poor as she was, was still challenged to give. Whether we have great wealth, whether we just have a a small amount, we're still challenged to give. And we see that as we take this journey together and as we follow this journey as well. And then finally this morning, you'll be challenged to follow the biblical example Of tithing, of giving. Giving of a tithe. Giving of that that tithe. It'll be a a challenge. You'll see it as we go through this. And you'll be challenged to be a part of that as well. To be a generous, have a generous lifestyle, and to generously give even in the tithe. And we read about it in Genesis. We read about it all through God's word. Talking about giving of a tithe. And we see the story in Genesis where Melchizedek, the king of Salem, was met by Abraham. And Abraham gave him a tenth of everything that he had. Even before the law was put and written in in God's word. Before the law, the tenth was given. When we read in Malachi chapter 3, verses 10 and 11, it's the one area in God's word where you and I are actually encouraged to test God. It's the only place where we're told to test him. Let's read it this morning. It says, bring the whole tithe. The word tithe means tenth. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that that there may be food in my house. Listen to those words. Test me in this. God is saying to you, test him. Test him, says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have enough room to store it. Man, what a response. What a blessing from God. I will prevent the pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not cast off their fruit says the Lord Almighty. Test me in this. Over 12 months ago, we, as a congregation, uh, put out a tithe challenge to each one of you and to all of our campuses as well. And this year again, we have the tithe challenge that we're going to be encouraging people to take. In other words, if you're still a little concerned, a little fearful, trying to find God, I, I, I want to give, I want to be a part, but I'm fearful. And, and a way to help you step into that. Take the tithe challenge. We'll have little cards that that you can fill in and tear off that stub stub and give it in and we'll get back in touch with you. Basically, we're saying to you, God's word says test him. For 90 days, give 10% of your income for 90 days. And at the end of those 90 days, if you found that there there hasn't been a significant change in, in the blessings of God in your life, write us a letter. Within 30 days, no questions asked, we'll return to you whatever you gave in those 90 days. But my promise to you is God's word is true. God's word is true. That goes beyond just a test, but God goes to the place of saying, God, I believe in you. I believe in you. I'm ready to step up and be a generous person. Be a generous giver. Be generous in touching the lives around about me. In every opportunity that I can be a giver that you have desired me to be. be." And my challenge to us here at the Bayside campus, in the Stevens Point campus, those that are down in the cafe, those that may be listening to us uh, through through the, uh, the website, A challenge for all of us is is that as we take this spiritual journey together, this 40 day spiritual journey to a more generous life, that we become a people, a people that are so generous, that are so giving, that lives of people are touched all across the cities and all across the state and all across this nation as we stand up and say, I am going to be all that God purposed and planned for me to be. I'm going to invite the ushers if they would come as we just prepare for communion this morning. I'm going to invite the ushers down in Point as well if they would go ahead and come in the cafe as well. We're just going to take a few moments. In a few moments, we will share communion together. We're going to be taking that piece of bread that represents the body of Christ, sharing in the cup that represents the blood of Jesus that was shed for us. But before we do that this morning, I want to ask you, those of you here at the Bayside campus, those that are at the Stephen Point campus, those that are down in the cafe, I want to ask you a simple question. Very simple question. Where is your heart today? Not six months ago. Not what you think it may be a year from now. Where is your heart today? Where is your heart today? Yesterday, when I was coming to the church to just pick up some things to get ready for this morning, after hearing that Pastor Mark wasn't going to be able to make it in, I was driving home and had the radio on and had been listening to a little bit of the college football games and some of the teams that were playing, and they were talking about a particular team and discussing this particular team. and this guy on the radio said these words, and it just began to ring in my ear. And he said this: "When someone or something has your heart, they or that thing owns that person." What's got your heart this morning? Does Jesus have your heart? Does he own your life? Is he in control of your life? Have you given him your heart today? Is that where your treasure is being focused? The challenge for us this morning. In just a moment, I'm going to pray a very simple prayer. I'm going to invite you to pray that prayer after me. Right here at this campus and all the other campuses as well. Just to repeat this simple prayer after me this morning. And if you pray this prayer from your heart, meaning it from your heart. God's word's promise to you is that he comes, forgives you of your sins, cleanses you from all unrighteousness, and sets you free from sin and death. Very simple prayer, and yet a very profound, wonderful provision that God has for each one of us. Are you willing to turn away from the wrong in your life and put your faith in Christ? You can begin your life of faith this morning. Would you bow your heads with me? And please just join me as you repeat this prayer after me this morning. Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. That you love me so much. You went to the cross and took my punishment. I ask you to come into my heart and forgive me of my sins. I now surrender my life to you. Amen.